0: Laudan, walking all around my door. You trying to tell me how to live my life? I'm just trying to make another.
1: I'm digging it, man. I like that uh, intro. Who was that, Jameson? That was uh, Town Mountain's Law Dog. I like it. Like it, like it, like it. All right. Well, uh, here we are. It's uh, another Saturday night, albeit a very, very, very wet one here in the Taylor Park. Um, Probably haven't seen water around (laughs) like this since the last uh, hurricane. Um, The state's sinking. Yeah. It's finally happening. It's, uh, you know, that... going under. That rising seawater.
2: Yeah. Um, That's what... Well, that's why we have all... We all have the big lifted trucks, you know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Got
1: to drive through the floods. That's right. And we have little peens, but... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Frank and Beanie Weenies. That's Mm -hmm. right. Um, So, uh, episode 77, if uh, anybody's keeping count, um, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We're... um, ready to get right after it. And uh, I think uh, the way we're going to do that is we're going to keep rolling forward with uh, our new little bit, I guess you can call it, uh, trout set or strip set. Just a good way to get the conversation going. So uh, I just sent you guys um, on the... group test group text, um the Gulf Coast Fly post that I was referencing um I actually shared it uh I think on my story mm-hmm. um, and um I really was truly complimenting these guys, so I guess that outs me that you know it's gonna be a strip set to me mm-hmm. um you know a lot of people were turned off by folks. Doing ads on social media um but this one it was definitely an ad, but it was so subtle. Mm-hmm. it was so subtle, and it rang so true um, you know simply said, "We'll get you in front of the fish, you can sling that string like the fishing maniac you are mm-hmm. and then it went on to say, you know basically. It's up to you yeah. to close the deal. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, call us and we'll put you where you need to be. And, uh of course, you know, accompanying it was uh, a couple of fellers with uh, shit-eating grins because they closed the deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I read it, I was like, dude, this is, I don't know who wrote this, but this is somebody that, whether they stumbled into it or it was thought out, mm-hmm. it was masterful. Because I read it and I was like, "Mad respect. Yeah. Uh, you're you're not marketing to me. You're speaking a little bit of truth. And yeah. oh, by the way, you know you can make this happen for some folks, which I thought was really cool. Turns out yeah. there's a connection to the show. Yep. You know these guys.
2: Yeah. So it's it was funny when I saw that on your your story. Um, you know, these are the guys that I kind of grew up fly fishing with. That you know, we were we were the ones that hung out back in Tampa and, and fly fish together all the time. So. You know, I've heard them say things like that in the past, and and I know that they would fit in at this table um, just like anybody else. So, you know, it it always makes me happy to see that, you know, without my interference that somebody else got the message and that even if it is an ad, that it's, you know, a well-put ad and, um, you know, they're – listen, if you're ever looking for a trip out in Tampa, I know there's plenty of guides out there, but – Give Gulf Coast Fly a shot or Louisiana. So they're they're a pair of guys that are just you know down to earth and fishy as fuck. Fishy as fuck. All right, like big deal.
1: <laughs> this is and bad. don't apologize for um, being willing to vouch for for yeah. guides. I mean, I do it all the time with Tanner Sievert. and yeah. uh, you know one of the first times one of our listeners asked us mm-hmm. you know who to go out with and I made Tanner you know that recommendation. That was three years ago, and I think that individual has gone out with Tanner something like 15 times now. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, that just reinforced to me Mm -hmm. that I made the right recommendation. Right.
2: So. um, And on top of that, too, you know, I know in the post they said it's basically up to you, but they'll also coach you, too. Well, sure,
1: of course. I, I get
2: the phone call every couple weeks of, hey, man, I had this client, and we didn't catch fish all day, but his casting improved so much, and it, it was awesome just to see, and he was super excited about it. So Awesome. Good deal. Total strip set for me.
1: All right.
3: It's, ben? It's going to be a strip set for me from the fact that it wasn't I will catch you your biggest fish. Right. I got you. We will. It wasn't. There was no promise made of you're going to have the best day of your life. You're going to catch the biggest fish you've ever caught. It was purely... We know where the fish are. Come show up. Bring your A-game and let's go. Nice. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. So uh, second topic. Um, I can't recall if I was up in Tennessee uh, at the time, but uh, the March Merkin just went down. And uh, I I do believe I was up in Tennessee. Mm. Um, Didn't notice. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I always follow the the Merkin and right. uh, the Dell Brown just because, uh, you know, knowing Mike Allen and knowing some of the guides that compete, yeah. it's, uh, you know, always fun to watch. Right. See how people do and where they land. Um, and well, it's even more fun to watch who doesn't,
0: mm-hmm, you
1: know. Yeah. Um, and I was struck um, at the end of the tournament, there was a whole lot. Of glad handing and compliments to a particular angler because he got his first permit ever during the tournament. Now I'll be the first to tell you, hey, you ca- you caught a permit on fly. You deserve, you know, the pat on the back, the yeah. attaboy's. Yeah, but I was kind of shocked when I when I read it. And I was like, wait, whoa, hold on. Back the fuck up. Wait a second. Yep, This is supposed to be like a tournament of the best anglers, the best permit anglers out there. How is it that one of these anglers hasn't even caught a permit yet and they're in the tournament? And I juxtapose that against the fact that, you know, there's a guy that applied this year after having taken a decade off From fishing the tournaments and was just, like, turned down instantaneously. Um, It didn't even... His application didn't go to the selection committee. Um, The actual Lower Keys Guide Association Executive Committee, like, poo-pooed it before. And, And their rules even say it's supposed to go to the selection committee. Right. So they didn't even follow their own rules. And then the tournament is so lightly attended that you're putting people in the tournament that have never even caught a permit before. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I were an accomplished permit angler and I wanted to test my skill against other accomplished Mm -hmm. permit anglers, I'd be a little bit. Yeah. Annoyed. That well, I'm that I'm laying this much cash down to get into a tournament right you know for bragging rights or whatever whatever reason you have for being in that tournament yep only to find out that it's really not that potentially prestigious because they're just filling slots yeah so I'm gonna say trout set yeah you, you make an interesting statement
2: here and it it's I, I hadn't seen the picture before now. Uh, it's surprising to me that this particular angler had never caught a permit. Um, but it, I definitely agree with you that the, the fact that, you know, when I look at these tournaments, I think I'll never be able to be in them because I've never caught a permit. Right. I've caught one big tarpon, and I think he topped out at maybe 70 pounds. Like, I'm not a down there guy i don 't pay for guide services to go out and, and do that type of fishing right like that is an invite only club that is a and like you said, you have to go to a selection committee to even be in the tournament right right, and so it, it I totally agree it it discredits the tournament and it if I was one of the guys that dedicated my life to chasing this elusive fish, and I knew that somebody that had never caught a permit was in regardless of who it is i don't care right. if you're the biggest name in the industry like it, i'm sorry i don't want to compete against you i'd rather compete against joe Schmo, who got blacklisted and who isn't allowed but is a much more accomplished angler in, the, right. in that for that species even
1: yeah so. i mean it reminds me of the whole you know getting upset over mean tweets right you mm-hmm. know it's yeah. like okay you know mean tweets don't read them yeah. you know stay away from it you know for, tune them out but when it comes to performance,
2: yeah,
1: the motherfucker performs, and you want to test your skill, you want to test it. Uh, you know, no, nobody, nobody wants to play the, you know, in the in the March Madness. What you know, the, the number one seed really doesn't care to be matched up against the, you 64th. know, the sixty fourth. You know, it's like, uh, we're, right. we're risking getting injured. We're wasting our energy. We'd rather be fresh and yeah. have a meaningful game that actually advances us in the tournament, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the lens that I was viewing it through. Um, it's something I've noticed across the
2: industry that it's gone from, you know, people that have a history and a reputation and and have the the record to prove it right aren't getting the attention but it's these people that either a have a large social media following make a lot of noise
1: manufactured personality
2: right yeah. or are are super fresh into it what? you know but have bring the bring the crowd right and they're getting all of these accolades all of these awards all this attention and it delegitimizes the the awards and the attention and the accolades that they're getting right it's like i listen i know and this particular individual is not the case i'm talking about the industry as a whole but like if i can scroll through your feed and you started fishing in 21 if it started with 2010 and up i'm sorry like right i don't don't care you should not be in that position
1: right
3: yeah and then there's a couple weird thoughts one it feels like from an outside perspective, someone who hasn't caught a permit being in the tournament, that someone who was... feels a lot like the swimming competition that just happened recently, Mm. where second, third, and fourth... Or really the first, first, second, second, and third. third. So it's like, whoever won this tournament, I'd be like, honestly, dude, like you handed in a rookie who had no chance. Thanks for helping me win this. Mm -hmm. And the... Second thought, and forgive me if I overstep, how do you own a fucking Panga and not ever
2: caught a permit? <laughs> well, they're too busy driving it around to different places I'm, to raise money for a, another brand that wants it, to send them on trips. It's
3: like the rules of the invite now are, how cool are you? How much money do you have? That's right. I, I mean, the whole... You've always had to have money to play in this tournament, like well, and,
1: and I do think that the tournament is meant to raise money for the Lower Keys Guide Association, right? Agreed. And, and I don't want to take anything away from no. them. They do good work. Um, sure. I've I've actually talked about how the Lower Keys Guide Association on past episodes. I've I've talked about how I wish that we have the guides that we have here in the lagoon would would go to Key West and just talk to those guys. And model themselves after mm-hmm. them yeah. in the way that they conduct Agreed. themselves on the water, the way that they approach, you know, getting meaningful change for their fishery, how they stand up for their fishery. Yeah, but you I don't. Know, they strip set the motherfucking shit out of the tournament this year. Yeah, you mean mm-hmm. trout set.
2: Trout set. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Trout set. And, and I agree. And
3: it's like, and I have no problem with it being a money thing to raise money for that. That's not my problem. Right. The problem is there's plenty of talented people right. who have caught double digit permit, even, right, who want a spot, have the money to get in that spot, and, and they, they didn't make,
1: get it. But okay. I, I'm going to use that as a segue. Sure. Go ahead. Um, number three um, is still talking about the March marking um the grand champion of the March market in this mm-hmm. year was actually a guide uh, from Mexico and the the fact that you know as a I want to say an amateur I guess you know because nobody's really professional right um, you know it's a collection of guys that have the means and the passion, for permit fishing, yeah. uh, which can be financially draining, emotionally draining, um, you know, are they starting to not compete in the tournament because of things like, because this isn't this guy's first year coming right. up from Mexico and being the ringer. Um, it's just the first year that he's wanted, Yeah. And, you know, if, if I were an angler that, Was considering applying for that tournament. You know, I find out, well, they're letting people in that have never even caught a permit. I'm competing against a guy that day in and day out watches permit feed, right? Is pushing anglers into permit, right? Every day, all year long, and you're going to bring him up, right? Wait a second. Why? Why? So maybe, you know, maybe that's why the tournament is, uh, you know, losing uh, the way I, I, I don't think that the uh, field was full this year. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> And somebody else still
2: didn't get it.
3: Right. Well, and I look at it, if you look at a lot of local tournaments, and I say local, let's just call them like regional tournaments. You know, we've got stuff we like the Charleston crowd, the, this crowd. Like I've been to tournaments, and I've definitely seen on the rule book, two guys cannot fish with each other. Mm-hmm. It's an angler and a guide, or vice versa, or it's amateur. But a lot of tournaments state two guides cannot be on the same team. Okay, you got to split them up because you have two people who are looking for the same thing. They're, you know,
2: they're yeah. By all well, and you know, I mean, listen, especially if you're targeting in on that one specific species. Yeah, the guy on the boat knows what you're thinking on the back of the boat before you even have to say it because they are talking on the back of the boat
1: well they're yeah they're job. speaking the anyway, same yeah, yeah it's the right? same so, language
2: you know it, i get it on their part they want to fucking win and right i would yeah. want to win too but, they want their name on the trophy but as everybody else in the tournament the people that act that are and on top of this uh, they're guides right so i'm not going to say that i know that money wasn't exchanged between the two of them but i bet it was a hey bro hey guide day for guide day uh-huh you know or maybe I would suspect a little bit of cash that, yeah, would along yeah i would
1: suspect there was some kind of consideration
2: for the guy that is
1: an amateur an
2: angler that just loves fishing for permit who drops you know five six seven eight grand for the couple days of fishing just to have that guide not including the tournament entry not including their trip down not including the
1: airfare to get there. Right. right
2: like i would be furious yeah Because I'm getting shafted by a super team.
1: Well, you know. Who doesn't have the investment that I do? Brian Clancy, um, when he still had his fish camp here in Oak Hill, he used to do the Mosquito Lagoon on fly. Mm I think it ran for six years. And Ian and I fished it either the last year or the next to the last year that it was going on. And. We had not fished it in years prior to that, Um or I won't speak for Ian, I had not, because um, Brian did not differentiate, and he would allow guide teams to compete against. You know, if you and I were on a team, mm-hmm. we might be competing against two guides that took the day off that fished the lagoon, and... I'll be the first person to tell you that I don't consider it a big, huge advantage that I, you know, on the guides part, um, from a casting perspective or a feeding the fish perspective, Mm -hmm. because, you know, my logic tells me they're on the back of the boat. They're not as polished and, you know, I mean, they know they're, you know, they're, they're probably decent casters, but what they do know that, you and i might not know is you know we're at best fishing two days a week yeah right yeah on the busiest days they are following fish around on a daily basis right like when they leave the dock they know where they're going where when you and i leave the dock we're searching yeah and then when we you know get in that hot spot we've got to make it happen where they're going from hot spot to mm-hmm. hot spot to make it happen. But the more I watched the results of the, that particular tournament over the years, I started noticing, and I, I <laughs> thought it was kind of amusing, that a lot of those guide-guide teams would come in blanked in his tournament. Mm-hmm. And usually it was an amateur Or two amateurs, or an amateur and a guide that usually won his tournament every year. Hmm. Um, So Ian uh, and I decided to fish it one year. And um, he had already moved down to Key West. He was working at the fly shop, um, you know, learning his way around keys, you know, fishing himself, preparing himself for a guide career. And uh, he came up and we fished it and it was one of those magical days where we rolled into the first spot tails up he bangs a fish you know straight away and we you know our original plan was you get one we switch i get one we switch back and it happened so fast i was like no no no, you stay up there right and then bam he got a second one i was like fuck dude you got the hot hand just stay up there i'll pull And we had a banner fucking day, Hmm. banner day. And then we missed a couple late, like right before lines out. But we came into the dock thinking, you know, swinging dick. We were fucking in the fucking money. We're going to win this thing. And we didn't. And we lost to a guy that didn't fly fish but he fished those old shitty boss band tournaments. Mm -hmm. So he knew where a couple of schools of those kind of fish were. And he took a guy that did fly fish and they went and sat on a school all day and just pulled fish out of the school, (laughs) let it calm down, throw it in, get another one out of the school. And it really wasn't the hunt and stalk sight fishing that we were doing they just happened to know where there was a pile of fish yeah Mm -hmm. and we just looked at each other and we were like god damn we wasted our fucking day to lose that way Mm -hmm. and then we we never got put to the the test on whether we were really pissed off or not because there wasn't a tournament the following year brian brian was already done with it and it kind of went away but uh You know, I fished. I fished that tournament. I fished um, the Red Trout Series, which is you know, um, and tournament fishing can be fun um, because it puts a weird pressure on you Mm -hmm. to perform. Yeah, but I don't know. I was like, I told you, you know, I was watching that, and I was like, "Mm, I don't know, kind of, kind of off-putting. So you know, the idea of. you know, bringing a ringer in that's another guide and it be two guides on a boat is a definite uh, trout set is uh my call
2: on that. Yeah, I would go trout set as well. And it's, it's interesting that you bring up the, the deal about tournament fishing as a whole. And, you know, as you were talking about it, I was thinking about, frankly, I've never fished a tournament and I've never understood the allure of mm-hmm. fishing tournaments. Um, You know, like, I get it if you want to you know support a cause or whatever, but why would I want to go and compete to catch fish with somebody like, right it's for me personally that's not why I fish, yeah, like, and it was funny, speaking of the lower keys there's a very famous guy that did a millhouse podcast that if you didn't compete, you ain't done shit this and that, and um and it just like it's it's an act like uh I'm, I'm, I don't have the words to describe it it just it puts a bad taste in my mouth and like that's not why I, I'm into fishing
1: right it's yeah and I would say generally I'm not either um, but you know I, I've done it a couple of times sure and I, and I did enjoy it now in both of those cases one of them was you know a charity tournament um, and then the other one there was no money prize yeah I despise tournaments that have a check. Cash aso- yeah. Cash prize. Cause it brings the absolute worst out. Like when we used to have the, um, boss band tournament running here in the lagoon prior to that, it was what, you know, the Oboyo oh boy Alberto cup and uh, the IFA and all those, those guys were out for checks and, they run over other anglers they're mm-hmm. very you know it's like it just turns the place into an absolute zoo all for a buck and those are tournaments that i don't care for and i think it brings the worst out in people yeah but you know if if the at the end of the day you're going to get a nice piece of artwork mm-hmm. or sure. you know uh, whatever something along those lines and a little bit of bragging rights that on that particular day you were, you know, you you really laid it down. Sure. Um that that can be fun. Yeah. Um no, I I
2: I get that side of it. If I ever fish a tournament, I'm going to treat it like every other day. I'm not going to get up at the ass crack of dawn and get out there and all stage up and ready to launch like I'll get up relatively early, right? It, it it's sorry that's i'm gonna crack a beer i'm gonna hang out if yeah. i don't catch fish i don't catch fish i'm just gonna have fun in the water cool so trout set for me ben same i
3: i just i've never been a turn i've fished two tournaments that i took two to be like this isn't my speed i'll probably
1: if someone asked sure. i might
3: fish one but it's, i'm not gonna go looking for it
1: all right um from my email box Uh-oh. oh boy um even though I still continue to uh, be serving my lifetime ban on social media of being able to uh, see the Hells Bay web, um, Instagram account, um, they still send me multiple um, emails with their monthly updates. And the most recent one uh, was an invitation to support the Hells Bay team in the Skiff Challenge. Um and, Wait, you mean Hell's Bay's Hell, Hell's Bay's race around the state? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that one. And, um, you know, it kind of ends with talking about, you know, doesn't talk about it, specifically solicits a donation to the team Hell's Bay because it affords them some kind of privilege of skipping a check-in or something. And it's... Obviously, a fundraiser for a nonprofit that's uh, doing work down in southwest Florida, specifically Everglades Restoration. Um, And the language in the email is very generic to say that that organization is working hard for clean water efforts in the state of Florida. And oh. I'm going to go ahead and trout set on that because the owner of Hells Bay, his wife is on the board of that organization. Weird. And she knows, and I'm sure he knows, maybe there's a disconnect between management at Hells Bay and who writes the uh newsletter. It's a small disconnect. But about six. Inches. Those folks <laughs> don't advocate or work hard on behalf of the state of Florida. They work hard on behalf of Everglades restoration. So I just think it very disingenuous Mm -hmm. to send out a solicitation for someone's money and write it in such a way that if they choose to, to support Right, They think they may be doing good in their own backyard, like, say, where Hells Bay's factory is located, because it's the furthest from the truth. That's, yeah. that's money that's leaving our area yeah. and going elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the money that they're asking
2: for could be easily done if they took one of the, you know, I don't know how much percent they make off every boat they sell, but I'm going to say it's probably a good penny. I think if they donated 1% off of every boat they sold in the year, it'd probably raise more money. But, you know, they're not going to do that because that takes off the bottom line, right? Uh, it's funny, too, that they don't mention this restoration group by name. So here, the question is, does that money actually go to this specific unnamed restoration group? Oh, no, no,
1: no. They're named. Oh, they they're are? named. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't think email. Yeah, um, they're
2: named. Um, just in the way that you've talked about it, it's... With with the vague lettering of it, it's...
1: No, the, the only vagueness is, you know, how they describe where, how the money is going to benefit. That, you know, if you do this, we give it to this group, and it's going to benefit the state of Florida. Right. Steak dinners in Tallahassee, baby. There you go. So I guess it does get <laughs> spread around a little bit. A little bit. Greases some pockets, some gullets. Gas to pull skiffs up. Yeah. The yeah. Tallahassee Boat Show. Um I think uh this is the final one and uh this one actually made me chuckle a little bit. Okay. Uh from the news recently um there there's a Brevard County commissioner that was recently profiled on the news. Um I don't know where I saw it. I saw it first it was just circulating. Somebody actually DM'd me. Um Somebody had apparently watched and and pulled the clip off of like the uh public access mm-hmm. channel nice. of uh him talking at the commission meeting, and he's like, you know basically look, man, everybody loves manatees I mean you know, but let's be realistic here you know there's that they're overpopulated, and you know I'm gonna say something here that you know probably gonna get me killed, but you know why don't why don't you guys you know show me some, you know, literature or a study. He goes, they do it with bears. They do it with deer. You know, when the population gets so big, they open it up to hunting. <laughs>
2: and open
1: <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And then, and then he went on to talk about how, you know, there's just too many of them. They've overgrazed. I mean, all, all the points he's making are like points that. Yeah. They, they, I've they, said before, I've heard other people say before, you know, and, and, and he said what we've said, which is, you know, they're cute. We feel bad to see, you know, I mean, we're, we're pro starvation is a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Starvation is a bitch. Right. Um. You know, so y- you're loving them to death. Basically. But, right. And, and right now it's, it's the entire ecosystem that is in trouble and if you don't fix their ecosystem, this is probably going to be an occurrence that happens even more often than this one off. Oh my gosh, where did this come from? Yeah. yeah. Event that we're going through. So, uh, I'm glad cause, uh, I've trout set, you know, four out of five, but I'm ending this one on a strip set. <laughs> he had the fucking cojones to say it. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. No. And I don't, I you don't tr- want it to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it's funny that it was said out loud by an elected official. Right. Agreed. And I I mean the news coverage there, there oh, was they painted him terrible. I oh, think. there was uh, they interviewed a couple of um people, Activists? activists that were like, We're gonna make sure he doesn't get reelected. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of people that are quietly going, mm-hmm, yep. This and is making more sense than not sense. And
3: even if you just take it from a sense of him using hyperbole to explain we have a problem, there's more in the population that can handle it than yeah. the right environment. Like, yeah, you got to do something. Right. And yeah. if this is the... Grab someone and shake a moment to get them to see it. Be like, oh my God, someone's threatening to kill the manatees because there's too many of
1: them. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe his goal is to make them so mad at the idea of you know open season on manatees that they're like, wait, there's got to be a different way to go about this. And he's yeah. like, Well, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, We're maybe like, we fix. The, maybe we fix the water quality. Hey, I'll meet you halfway on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and. He made an
2: interesting point in in that in his comments about the difference between manatees and grass or manatees and cows, in yeah the way that yeah with eat. eating the roots and mm-hmm. and cows go down to the stub, mm-hmm. but they leave the root so the grass can regrow where manatees pull it all out right there is no regrowth of seagrass once a manatee grazes there and and i his comments about an open season for manatees, like you were saying, I don't think that's gonna ever happen right but you know if if there's i mean heck we do relocation for manatees all the time right Injured right manatee call will re- rehabilitate it relocate it there's there's other ways to solve this problem but there is an overpopulation in this current environment and it, something needs to be happened and somebody finally has the gumption to say there is a problem and feeding them lettuce every day
1: isn't going to solve it Right. No. Which I think that program has come to an end. They said it was supposed to be for winter. I think I think as of uh, the end of March, they're like, yeah. okay, the water's warm enough. Um, they're, we, they're starting to disperse. We're going to stop feeding them the lettuce. We need a check-in because I, I will bet there is an
2: abnormal amount that actually stay there. Yeah. Regardless of the temperature.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And absolutely. My, my solution by God is send the manatees to feeding. Florida Bay. <laughs> Pick them up. Move the too many. Too well, many they did. Glades. They did have over two days. Seventeen billion trillion tons of dead seagrass die off two years ago. So, I mean, maybe they could take care of that too. Well, we can get rid of their grass problems.
1: That's right. And you know, I I, I heard him do the uh, cattle graze mm-hmm. down to the nub and leave it. And I was like, man, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, Where the farmers rotate them. Yeah, because I've always heard that like the comparison that I always heard was bison. And it's, it's a type, there's like a scientific word for the type of grazer. And I used to always hear that bison graze down and stop at a certain level. at a certain level like goats and cattle will down to and rip it out like and that's why farmers can't put an unlimited number of cattle on a pasture or mm. you have to rotate the pastures because if you don't cows right. will eat it down to the bare earth but, and that's an aside i think you know he was right. i know the point he was trying to make yeah but i was like wait a second is did he mean to say bison <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't remember right and and but maybe that's why bison continued to move as they do go all the way down i can't i don't yeah know, but yeah. uh you know maybe they'll cover that on the next episode of Yellowstone or something I hope so <laughs> season five season five let's go all right so uh that's uh trout set or strip set for episode seventy seven um, it. i think uh you know, it's. Uh, let us less, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your <laughs> thoughts. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I was up in Tennessee um, mm-hmm. in March because it's been a little. It's been a little bit since we've had. Uh, it's uh, we're at April two. Yeah, we're at April two. Um, so it's been almost. Uh, in the 20 day range since we uh yeah. got around the old oak table but uh it was spring break so uh you know as uh as you get older um you start like looking at time differently mm-hmm. and specifically you know my kid is 16 um he's a sophomore so i start realizing and start looking at things through the prism of time where i say i only have 3 spring breaks left with him yeah you know and and that's got to be something that i'm going to make sure is important to me um i've got 3 summers left now yeah. i've only got 2 spring breaks left um so we had we had resolved as a family that we were definitely going to spend spring break together and go do something. And uh, originally we were going to try to do like you know some really big trip, and just with all you know the still you got the mask mandates on airplanes and you've got you know you could travel to maybe Belize or the Bahamas, but you got to get a Q tip shoved you know all the way up and tickle your brain to get back out of the country and all that. We were like, Oh, do we really want to do that? So we ended up saying, Oh, we're just going to go to Tennessee. So we went up, um, while we were up there, um, big shout out, huge. Thank you. Um, to Jonathan, the owner of the fly box. He knew that we were in town and, uh, offered and took Wyatt and I on a float trip on the South Holston. Um, Wyatt ended up hooking up four or five times. Um, we just never put a fish in the net for Wyatt. Um, I was in the back of the drift boat and, uh, Wyatt was bouncing, um, you know, under a bobber and, uh, I was throwing a streamer and at some point, whether it was a rock or, a you know, log or whatever, I ended up, you know, stripping tight on, that and ended up having to break off, and Jonathan was like, "You know, here, let me rig you back up." And I said, "You know what? Don't worry about me. You, you guys, you know, you keep working with Wyatt. You, you, you're rowing. I'm fine just to sit back here and fucking enjoy myself, mm-hmm. right? Um, just take it all in. And it was the most beautiful day that we were on the water. I mean, bluebird sky. Is not a cloud in the sky. And it was just fun to sit back, watch Wyatt fish. Jonathan and Wyatt both skate. And, you know, Jonathan grew up skateboarding in California back, you know, and he's, he's my age. I'm just a few months older than him. So he and Wyatt had that in common. So there was a lot of conversation, you know, about skating and... right the little bit of skating I did in high school and it was funny cuz you know Jonathan and I are from the same vintage and we both also happen to have um, career military officer uh fathers hmm. and uh, his dad was uh in the Marine Corps I believe and uh you know my dad was in the Air Force my dad was not down with skateboarding whatsoever. Like it was, you know, I, I may as well have told him I was joining the Crips or the Bloods. <laughs> you know, he, he thought it was terrible. Um, so any any skating I did was, you know, on the down low, sneaking around with my buddies that did skate all the time. And uh, so, you know, it was pretty eye-opening for Wyatt to be hearing how our skating was done you know, under this cloud of suspicion of being, you know, like, you know, these 'er ne'er-do-well druggie, Mm -hmm. you know, all the negative stereotypes where, you know, his entire skating, you know, life has been, you know, it's a positive thing. It's, you know, I mean, he's experienced like some of the idiots in -hmm. in our former town that were commissioners that had the same ideas, you know, those old stereotypes. And that's why they were fighting against, you know, providing a skate park. But uh, for him to hear us talk about it on a personal level, I think, was was pretty eye-opening for him. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we had a great float. Um, The Flybox, uh, his shop, they uh, are fully operational with, like, their... um, You can call the night before and order whatever uh, lunch you want to get, sandwiches and stuff. So you get a box lunch. Nice. I think that's the coolest thing. Forest head meats, you know, top of the line bread, just, you know, fantastic sandwiches we had, great chips, um, and uh, just fantastic float, you know, and and it felt like I was fishing with somebody I had known, you know, 30 years, so uh, it it was a good time. Um, Other, you know, stuff that we got done during spring break, we actually went over to Boone, North Carolina. Um, oh, well let's, let's back up. So when we left, um, we boogied up there right before your wedding, mm-hmm. um, before your wedding weekend and, uh, we rolled into town and probably six, eight hours after we got into town, you know, in the overnight, we got, um, a pretty good winter storm came through yeah. and we woke up to about four inches of snow. Which, uh, the last two times we'd been up there once it was Ben and I, and once it was with the family, we left town just in time to avoid one. Um, this one, uh, was great because we had the dog with us. It was his first time seeing snow. So to be able to play with, you know, Tiller in the snow was cool. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those weird late spring storms, um, You know when we rolled into town it was 73 74 degrees the next morning you know there's snow on the ground yeah but because you know the ground wasn't cold by the next following day it's gone but um we we went over to boone and we were thinking about uh why maybe doing some snowboarding because uh Beach and sugar still had a decent base, yeah. But yep. uh, when we were talking to some of the shops over there, they were like, "Well, it's machine groomed. It's basically slush." And we're like, eh, yeah. you know, he he, all his snowboarding's been out in the Rockies. He's not going to enjoy <laughs> this." So Dude,
3: it's so hard to go from West, like I grew up West on Coast the East Coast, right? Loved the shit out of it, yeah.
1: And I went to Colorado one time, and it just sucks. Yeah. So we ended up bailing <laughs> on it, but, uh, we did spend the day in Boone and, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, Wyatt has started, um, going thrifting and, uh he's very dialed in on some very specific things that he knows the market very well. Yeah. And, uh, his thrifting is in order to buy it and then turn it around online and sell it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was kind of like a, it was fun cause it was like this buyer's trip. Yeah. And, uh, we were walking down the street and we were following directions on the phone to like get around the corner to like a thrift shop or whatever. And as we were walking, I saw a fly shop and there were like guys standing out on the, Uh, front porch and Shannon's like, you know, do you want to go to the fly shop? And I was like, no, 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 you know, let's stay focused on going to the thrift shops. You know, there's like five or six that we're going to, you know, and plus we got to get lunch or whatever. Uh, In between a couple of the thrift shops, they've got a brand new skate park up there. So Wyatt went and wanted to check out the skate park and I posted it on my story and uh, I got a DM from one of the guys at the fucking uh, fly shop. shop, and it's like, I knew I saw you walk past the shop today. Why <laughs> didn't you stop in there? And I was like, man, sorry, it was with the family or whatever. But uh, so were you in downtown at that point? Downtown, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, high country, high country, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I really am bummed that I didn't go in and say hi and you know buy a hat Super or a nice shirt shot. or something. But, and they actually have some really good shirts. Yeah. And and we'll be back. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just we were kind of on a mission. So uh, mm-hmm. it, there was no um, insult intended or anything. I just was kind of, you know, already, already had plans for the day. But uh, while we were there, it was so funny. You know, we were doing, you know, walking. Uh, and if you use your phone to navigate, you can switch to walking mode Uh or whatever. And uh, Shannon um, doesn't like to drive while we're up there. So from Bluff City over to Boone, I drove. And then once we got there, you know, so she any navigating was done, like, on her phone. And, dude, her sense of direction is so... (laughs) horrible, like just (laughs) awful. Um, and, and it was so funny, like, you know, just the typical old married couple squabbles Mm -hmm. (laughs) of, you know, okay, where, where are we going next? And she's like, such and such. And I'm like, all right, so which way am I going? I got a light coming up. Well, the list says, and I'm like, well, I, don't give a, I don't give a shit about a list. Yeah. Navigate. Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm trying. And it's like, just press fucking the, the address and hit navigate. Yeah, hit like, start. Yeah, hit and start. And let's go. Yeah. So, you know, then we get out of the car and we're walking. And finally, we're like, let me see your phone for a second. And I'm like, God damn it. We've like walked six blocks the wrong direction. And so we finally get her, like, you know, turned around. We get to the shop we're looking for. And as we're walking back, she apparently felt empowered that she had finally gotten it, right? And as we're walking back, I knew where we'd parked the car. And I said, hey, we're parked in front of the courthouse, Mm-hmm. And we're going up a hill towards the courthouse, and I can see the courthouse. Yeah. Like, you know, situational awareness. I paid attention to where we parked, what right. the buildings looked like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I look back over my shoulder, she's not there. And I look, she's already across the street on a 45 degree diagonal, headed like south again down the main drag. And I'm like, <laughs> well, where are you going? She's like, well, we parked over here. And I was like, no. We parked by the courthouse over here. Yeah. And it was just the source of so much laughing. And, I mean, you know, when I say squabbling, it's, like, very good-natured yeah. squabbling. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, it was a very eye-opening mm-hmm. um, experience insofar as, you know, Wyatt just got his uh, learner's permit. hmm and I told her, I said, "I if he got your genes, it's going to be the death of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to teach him how to navigate, not only on the phone, but I'm going to take his phone away from him and make him be able yeah. to get me places. Yeah. And she was like, well, I, you know, I hope he doesn't get it honest. So uh, um, that's, uh, oh, uh one last um two two last things um about Tennessee so uh i i had no idea that uh michael waltrip uh retired nascar driver mm-hmm. okay uh he's from kentucky um it's Daryl waltrip's younger brother um he actually owns a craft brewery oh really on hmm. the virginia side of bristol okay And we went there. I didn't have beer. Uh, Shannon did, and she said it was fantastic. But the food that we got, their food, their kitchen, oh my god, unreal, unreal, (laughs) really, really good. So when we all go up there, that's what it's on the list. On the list, awesome, one hundred percent for sure. And uh, I love beers and food. Oh yeah, let's go. It's high, high. High quality, very good stuff. And finally, the last thing I wanted to update. Anybody that's traveling to the East Tennessee region on a fishing trip, you can always hit me up. I'll be happy to share with you like great places to uh you know go for a sandwich or barbecue or beer, or whatever. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not share with you guys that um The Fuzzy Hole, uh, (laughs) down in Johnson City, has uh, been renamed uh, for anybody that's been to the Tri-Cities in the last few decades. Um, The Mouse's Ear, which uh, was the preeminent strip club, uh, used to be out by the airport. It burned down a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know if the management group or owner or otherwise... brought it back from the ashes. Um, It's now located in what used to be the fuzzy hole is now the mouse's ear. So just uh, if you're out for some entertainment. Ben, post-wedding bachelor party? No. The mouse's ear is back. Come on. I'm boring as hell. So, well, um, I think that is going to be... Almost time for a break. Sounds pretty good. And to then me. when we come back from the break, we're going to get a wedding and honeymoon report from the Benfluencer himself. And as we go out to break, I just want to remind everybody that April 23rd, we are going to be hosting the Fly Fishing Film Tourna- t- Tournament <laughs> Tour. Um, at Marine Discovery Center at the Hunter Amphitheater, they're on the Marine Discovery Center campus. Tickets are $25 per person. Um, do us a favor. We've been putting it out on our social media. If you see us posted on social media, please reshare it. Um, we're working hard to see about getting as many of you guys out there as possible. It's going to be a really, really good time. The gates are going to open at six thirty. That will—it's a Saturday afternoon, so you could have fished all day. Maybe you didn't fish, whatever. But uh, we feel like from six thirty to about eight fifteen, a big social happy hour tailgate session followed by the film tour mm-hmm. um, is going to be just a really awesome time. So, uh, any help you guys could give us in getting the word out we'd really really appreciate it because the beneficiary of us hosting the f3t is mdc tickets are bought through their website the link for their uh ticket portion of their website can be reached through our bio or just go straight to their website navigate around till you find it but uh it's just another way that we've found that uh We might be able to give back a little bit towards restoration and conservation here in Mosquito Lagoon uh, with their hands wet, feet wet programs that they do at Marine Discovery Center. So, uh, again, not a dollar of this comes to us. It's 100% of the ticket sales, less uh, what they have to pay to uh, the film tour to actually host the event. And uh, it could be a significant donation and it's definitely going to be a kick-ass time. So yeah. try to get as many people there. And, I mean, when I see as many people there as we can, I think we got room for up to, you know, 450, 500 people. Right. And uh, let's make it a big party. And your aunties, uh, your cousins, <laughs> grandpa, I'm, Uncle Joe. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're not into
3: fly fishing. You're fine. These are the reels that are a couple minutes. They're usually conservation themed that make you go, oh, my God, I got to get out there. I want to try it. Or you're at least not bored.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, and there's certainly going to be some of those films that we've probably made fun of in the past that, you know, it's somewhere I'm never going to get to go. But by us doing it at the amphitheater Mm -hmm. and doing it in the manner that we're doing it, it's beyond just the films it's gonna be an awesome opportunity to have a big time get together with you know meet new friends meet old friends have some beer some cold chicken some barbecue whatever you want to bring and uh let's have a good time and raise some money for a really good cause so uh we'll be back here momentarily after a quick break and uh Ben's gonna tell you all about his big day.
0: How we boys on the road tonight got a gig out at the rhyming. Finally learned the hard way that all good things take time, friend. I heard a paying lost soul sing his songs true. They make a southern boy cry, turning northeast man confused. And I woke with a fever, sweating oceans again. There's mirrors in hotel rooms, but I do not recognize them.
1: Maybe it's the- I think I hear wedding bells.
0: Ding, ding.
1: So uh Ben, this is the part of episode seventy seven mm-hmm. where you fill in the blanks between seventy six and seventy seven. Okay. On Miss Daisy's big day. On Miss Daisy's to big day, to. day that I got to be a part of. That's right. Um I witnessed it is
3: how we'll phrase that. Um so day started out like any other day in a hotel. Woke up, think I'm hungry as heck. So
1: Let me go downstairs and get part of that shitty breakfast.
3: Well, I already knew I wasn't going to do that. So back up the night before. So (laughs) I had Mark. I had asked him if he would tie. I was adamant that my boutonniere was going to be a mangrove leaf, hopefully a flower. They were not blooming. And a fly. That was going to represent me and my interests. And so Mark, I asked him if he would tie me fly I had thought he was going to tie one for all the groomsmen he tied me one <laughs> and it was a very beautiful fly um have you've been, seen mark tie
2: yeah it was absolutely have, have you fished it yet
3: I will not there's not even a hook on it it's a really cool hook that has like a round ball on the end instead of a point okay um cool. it was designed for my safety in mind <laughs> um and probably my wife's more importantly and stunning fly, and Brian Butts had already RSVP'd to the wedding, and I said, hey, Brian, can you tie me three flies? Here's what I have. Make them a little bit different. So Mark made me a beautiful crab fly. Brian made me two, like, looked like tarpon roaches, but in white. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, how many did he make me? Three of them. And so her aunt was is a florist. So she was doing all the bouquets, everything, making the boutonnieres. And, you know, for weeks leading up to this, they're like, what's your plan? How's this going? And I was like, this is what I'm doing. Here's the flower. I'll tie them myself. And everyone finally was like, okay, we'll do exactly what you want, but for the love of God, we'll make it pretty. Let us at least tie them. I'm like, cool. I didn't want to do it anyways, but I got to get you on board. So, but I needed these three flies. So I texted Brian. I was like, hey, man, do you want to come up the night before? You can stay in my hotel room with me. We'll get these flies to her aunt. So he's like, yeah, that'd be perfect. So he came up Saturday. The rehearsal dinner was at Maggiano's in the town center. And I told Brian this multiple times. So he texts me. He's like, at the rehearsal time, I was like, hey, man, I'm here. Or not at the rehearsal time. He's like, three o'clock. He was going to meet us. He's like, hey, man, I'm here. I'm in the parking garage. And I was like, I've been to the town center a lot of the times. There isn't a parking garage here. So I called him. I was like, "Hey, buddy, what parking garage?" You at? he's like, "The one by is in Orange Park,"
2: or in or, and Winter Park. I said, "Orlando." Uh, I said, "Winter Park." Winter Park. <laughs> he's, I said, when he told me where it was, I googled it. I was like, "You think he's going to the Orlando one?" I or said, "Jacksonville one." <laughs> I said, "Bro, the wedding's in
3: Jacksonville." He's like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Daisy was from Winter Garden." I knew you were. I I just put those two together and went to that one. He's like, I'm two hours away. I'll see you when I get there. So that was about five o'clock. I thought it was three. It was at the start. So about seven o'clock, Brian rolls into town and he comes up. I give our aunt the flowers. Everyone's starting to kind of dissipate from the Hurstler. So we go back to the hotel. Well, we don't go back to the hotel. We wake up the next day at the hotel and wind up. I didn't want Continental Breakfast. I texted my parents. They were staying at the wedding venue, but so was Daisy, and uh, you're not supposed to see the bride, blah, blah, blah. Bullcrap, I don't subscribe to, but I don't make the rules. So I texted my parents. I was like, what are you guys doing for breakfast? They're like, I don't know. The Continental Breakfast here is like a little lackluster. I was like, why don't you meet me at a place called Grumpy's? We're going to Grumpy's to see what their breakfast is about, purely based off the name. Rolled up, phenomenal diner there's a couple of them i think so it's not like i think it's not quite a chain but it's not really a local dig um went there with my parents my sister my brother his girlfriend and brian butts had a phenomenal time laughed a lot cool as heck waiter justin um took care of us it was a phenomenal day um and then we're sitting there at the table and matt's like bro you need a haircut I was like, dude, I got one two weeks ago. Like, let's just go get my neck. He's like, no. So he and Brian start scheming and wind up taking me to some, I can't even remember the name of it. It was like a one dude's name, like Will Turner, not Will Turner, like Will Floyd's Barbershop or something. And I get in there, they like schedule an appointment, and we roll up. He's like, Matt's like the executive treatment. I don't know what that means. I don't pay for nice barbershops. It probably shows but Matt and Brian aside now's a good time to have a cigar and they just leave me. And before we leave Matt's like this is what I want you to do rattles off some language I've never heard before a barber speak and just leaves me. And I tell the guys like well this is why he goes no 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 you don't get to pick he spoke he's paying for it so this guy's like sit down in the chair.
2: Probably Starts. undercut with a fade.
3: Undercut with a fade low low fade cuz I didn't want like yeah, a high skin fade. fade.
2: Yeah, low but like
3: low not All the way up my head. So fade into the beard, trim the beard up, straight edge razor shave me, whole shebang. Um, I get claustrophobic. What I get claustrophobic has nothing to do with the space around me. It has to do with how hot it is and how stagnant the air is. The absolute most claustrophobic I've been on in my life is on top of a mountain where I can see for miles. Because it was just flat, hot, humid. I was doing really good till he put a steamer in front of my face. Yep. And I was like, oh my god. Oh, my God. It feels muggy. I just had to pretend I was like in a like a bathtub or hot spring and this was normal because I almost kicked the whole steamer across the barbershop. I, I didn't like it. But then I got used to it. Whatever. <laughs> Matt comes back. He and Brian have picked out their cigars. They're out front smoking. And it's like a barbershop next to a cookie joint that's got like cookies, ice cream. It's like a non-weed cookie, like dessert place. And they see them out there. I know. That's, it's weird. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Like, well,
2: because the, there's so many weed cookie places. Yeah. Well, like, I was Florida. like,
3: why is he telling? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, I Tidbit. I'm overthinking this. So they are outside joint. and these two dudes are like, because they're dressed nicely. It's, yeah. it's Daisy's big day. And they're like, dude, you guys look really cool. Can we just give you free snacks and take photos for our Instagram? So Matt and Brian gorged themselves on ice cream, cookies, candy, chocolates, <laughs> brownies. Nice. Well, I'm in here having a panic attack from a steamer, and they get out there tell me all about it. They come in. I have no idea how much my brother paid for this haircut, but it was really fun, and the barber was funny as shit. He was talking about like going home, watching movies, and I was like, hey, dude, I just had two people cancel on this wedding because they're snowed in in Tennessee, I was like, I got an extra table if you want to bring a date. Like, here's he's like, are you for real? I was (laughs) like, yeah, man, let's go. He ultimately, sadly, wound up not making it. They pretty much worked till after the wedding was over. But the, um, but he seriously was like, he's like, give me the address, give me the time, if I can get home and go change into a suit and look a little. I was like, dude, I don't care what you wear, just show up. And he's like, I see your haircut, I know what you're doing. Like, he's like, I ain't, I. First thing he said is, all right, who's walking the green mile? Whose hair am I cutting? <laughs> um, just, it was, it was fun. And so, got back, started getting ready. Um, Brad Smith met me at the hotel. Woody's was staying at Christie's parents' house. So, Brad showed up. Matt had bought me a bottle of Glenfiddich 19. So, we cracked it open as we got ready and sipped a little bit of that. Um, fun fact... Alcohol. Most people probably know this. will eat the little mouthwash cups in the <laughs> hotel bathroom. So we were chugging it real quick and do God knows what chemicals before the wedding. But we're like, screw it. Shots
2: of scotch don't you typically go well. I can tell you from experience.
3: Well, it was like I like to sip scotch. I don't yeah. like to chug it. And they're just down the hatch, down the hatch because yeah. this cup's fixing to eat out. So the um, we left... We had to be at the venue at, like, 3... I was told 3.50 for photos. So, like, it's 10 minutes away, like, 3.40. I, like, call her mom. I'm just like, hey, I know they're taking photos outside. Just making sure we got the green light. Do not show up. They are outside. You will ruin this. I'm like, well, okay, cool. So I said, here's what I want to do. I'm going to drive to that side of town and three blocks, like... You would need x-ray vision to even remotely see the gate this wedding was at. Three blocks away, I'm just going to park there and wait until you call me. And all everyone heard was, I'm on my way. So my phone is blown up with text, phone. You can't show up. You're going like, to ruin the surprise. Daisy's outside in her dress. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's all good. So finally, it gets conveyed. Everyone calm down. I'm sitting in a parking lot. I'm nowhere near there. You call me. Finally, they call me. I show up. Because the photographer took my boots, my ring, my tie, and my cologne for detail shots. So I'm like in the parking lot of Club Continental putting my shoes on with these photographers all trying to help me because like we're running behind. So we all get squared up, start taking like groomsman photos and single shots of this and that, blah, blah, blah. And the whole time I know traffic's happened. I know Jameson's now like, I'm going to get there as it starts.
2: <laughs> and ben, ben tells me to get there at 430, 445. I'm like, okay, cool. I leave the house, look at the maps, best, best, I'll be there at 5 o'clock because there was a major accident on 95. Super big slowdown. So it was like, okay, you should take back roads.
3: So, And the whole time, normally I'd be like, whatever, it's all cool, you're late. But I had this plan in my head, and it required him being there at the start of the wedding. So I'm sitting there going, how do I delay the start of this wedding that's supposed to start at 5 o'clock? Thankfully... Two very important people were also late, so we just held off a little bit.
2: To be fair, mm-hmm. I was not late. I was no, you were on, on time perfectly. You, I pulled in percent, 5 o'clock on the nose. Mm-hmm. The whole thing just is... Just wanted to put that out there. My lovely wife knows
3: that I'd love to be punctual, and nothing grinds my gears more than just being late because you're careless. So she was like, we're going to start at 5 o'clock so I don't, like, get him. So then I'm like, how do I slow this down? Like, I don't
1: want to take a whooping on my,
3: no, on my wedding my it night. wouldn't have been that. But she, like, <laughs> she know, like, it's just, like, my biggest pet peeve, or one of them. So everyone shows up, and I'm like, and the whole time, at the rehearsal dinner, I told Mark and Andrew, I was like, okay, here's the plan, fellas. I wouldn't have dared ask you to go buy a suit. And to go through this whole rick and roll of photos and this and that and I like, but you guys are my best friends. I expect you to stand up there with me. So they're like, "What?" I'm like, "No, no, no!" And everyone's like, "Okay, this will be fun." So and they're like, "We we don't have suits." Like I don't care. Wear a Howler bro shirt. Wear shorts, flip flops. I don't give a rip what you wear. Don't care about that. So everyone shows up. I guess they're trying to be some kind of coordinating which Andrew asked Mark what he would wear. And he's like, I'm thinking how, like a howler, like a frigate shirt, something nice. And Andrew's like, okay, cool. So then everyone shows up in a suit, but poor Mark. And he feels <laughs> so, bad. I'm like, and Mark's like, I feel like a scrub. I'm like, dude, this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted.
2: To this end, right, I had known that you were planning this. You yeah. kind of mentioned it to me at the camping trip another time, times yeah. we around each other. And the day of came, and I was like, shit, I think he said do this, but let me text him. So I text him, and he's like, wear whatever you want, man. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. It's exactly so I'm going what it to a means. wedding. I'm wearing a suit. Like I, I have to get dressed up and, and you look stunning. So yeah.
3: it starts, everyone's there. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, okay, the posse's here. Everything's in place. Nobody has any clue because I knew from wedding planning, if I mentioned anything that the first question would be like, well, do they all have their suits? No. The, the, it's going to throw, don't care. So I said nothing, told no one, didn't tell the coordinator, nobody, just said, stand by my brother, follow him out, stand here. If anybody gives you a hard time, just tell him this is what Ben wants. Nobody gave him a hard time. They walked out. It starts, the whole procession starts. It's very funny. Um, I would say I'm friends with, there's only one of her bridesmaids I hadn't met, because um, she lived overseas for a while. But like I'd met all of her friends and, kind of knew him. We all like kind of gave each other the look on the way back and you know, the guys were standing there and then, then they bring out the flower girls, which her niece Charlotte is like a ham taking over the camera. My niece all of a sudden becomes miss bashful and is not throwing any flowers out. She threw one. And so her dad or it was my dad says, Nora throw some flowers and she looks at him, picks up one and goes, and just (laughs) chucks it off to the side, gets up there at the end, I guess, I didn't see it. I would have pe- It's going to be on the video. I can't wait to see it, where my sister Courtney, like, waved at Nora, and, like, from the procession, like, standing with the other bridesmaids, just flips her the bird in the middle of the ceremony. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. It's going to be hilarious. I doubt she even knows what it means, quite frankly. Right. Um. So then we had some of their friends, like, play strings, and they volunteered to, like, very – way under cost play for the ceremony so they start the called the bridal march Mm -hmm. and no one had told daisy she could come down so she's upstairs and like it's your like come on down we're ready and so she thinks everybody's just now going out she can't hear the music so she's out like walking around looking at the reception to get like one thing of it all like put together the whole time like it's playing it's like we're just on the edge of it being uncomfortable like do we have a runner like, it was very funny, and then she like comes out, um, and it was it was awesome. Um,
2: wow, I didn't even notice it; it didn't seem like I didn't it was either until they me.
3: started talking about it, and then I started. Thinking, I was like, you know what? They did get for, like thirty seconds into it before the door opened, which is it's probably right on the cusp of like, uh, are we good? Um, came out by far, probably my favorite memory of my one of my, like one of my top favorite memories of my whole life. Um, Ooh. It is. Well, I just one of is just not well, what I, I, was I don't know if it is my favorite. There there's been a lot like there was a lot of good moments that day. Get out of the hole, Ben.
2: No, Stop I'm it. not. It was like It was your favorite moment and that was my favorite moment of the day too. And uh, it distracted me though when her veil almost fell off when she was walking out, but so no, she saved it. The it funny was, thing is that veil was pinned with eight bobby pins
3: and they did not account for the concrete walkway catching the end of it and trying to rip it out oh yeah um so she makes it to me um and then quite frankly the whole world goes to this yep and all i can see is her beautiful face and just like color blurs yep and i can barely hear uncle to even repeat what i'm supposed to say right um
2: i do want to insert here as this happened, mm-hmm. her father walked her out. Yeah. Mark, because it was Mark, myself, and Andrew. Mark, Andrew, and myself consecutively at the same time all said, holy fuck, look at his shoes. Because her dad had on the slickest shoes I think they have ever seen. So they were like slick. They were white. They were black. They had gator hide. They were like. They were nice. Sk- they were like, oh, so far over the top that they made, they made his whole outfit. And it was just like, uh, oh shit, that's awesome! Yeah, he he looked good. At the same time, all three of us had the exact same reaction at the same time. Yeah,
3: um, and he was teasing me because he like he was like, he's a shoe guy. He likes shoes. He's like, and he buys they're a brand called Adams. Most of them were like eighty nine or ninety dollars a pair, so they're not as bad as you'd think based on how they looked. Yeah, but he was like, Daisy, did Ben get shoes? Do all the groomsmen have matching shoes? And I'm like, no. I just told him wear something brown we've got blue suits and he's like well did you get Stacy Adams I was like no I've got red wings he's like wait you have work boots for your wedding I was like they're really nice red wings and he's like I would never have gotten away with being able to wear work boots at my wedding I was like he's like what are they I was like I got a pair of Iron Rangers he's like damn well he didn't say damn he doesn't cuss I do <laughs> he's like wow that's crazy so When we got there to like after we took photos, so he's like, those are pretty nice for work boots. And like we had like a good joke about it. Um, The wedding day was fun. It was slow, like slow enough that you got to like see it and remember it, but not so slow that you're like, okay, I'm bored. So get to the ceremony. We did. Everyone has like a tacky unity thing. Not everyone, a lot of them, particularly in a Christian wedding. So like we had just been to a friend's wedding that did a unity lasso which was about the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And then people usually mix sand or do like a cross puzzle. And I was like, babe, I don't want to do that. Like, like, I love the symbolism. What am I going to do with this after this day? Like, where am I supposed to put this? Or Unity can let you just burn it? Like, what do you do? So what we settled on was... potted plant that it didn't get conveyed that they were daisies but we planted daisy seeds in a plant like a planter with a picket fence around it and it was (laughs) like i was like if we're gonna go tacky let's at least have some symbolism to it well and i i talked to her uncle about it and he's like yeah yeah, i'll come up with something and then i guess he like wrote it on his ipad and it crashed yeah so he just started winging it and so he's like yeah He's like they're planting seeds in dirt, and it was like it was just like if you were commentating like the Discovery <laughs> Channel with like nothing behind what seed, like they aren't daisy flowers that wasn't mentioned or he said nothing about like, yeah. the
2: picket fence, and, and it about, was funny. About halfway through, he he said, you know, what, screw it, I'm not, I'm going to because he was fiddling with the iPad trying yeah. to get it to turn on. He's like. You know, I can't find my thing. Technology is great, isn't it? We just love Ben and Daisy. This is yeah. Their thing, it was and funny,
3: and I don't remember anything he said yeah. other than I kept hearing him say they're planting seeds in dirt. Yeah. and so this <laughs> <And laughs>
2: symbolizes like, their love. Yeah, I'm like,
3: how does I'm like, you're missing this. This this doesn't make any sense. So hopefully, the people who listen to this podcast they were maybe at the wedding, maybe that clarifies what we were doing. So then we get done. Um. I think then we like exchanged rings, got to kiss, got to leave, and as we we're leaving, her veil like gets stuck and like rips off, like three steps yeah from where we got married, and so like her dad like gets up to fiddle with it, and I just took it and to I was like, I don't need this anymore. This is yours. <laughs> like took off.
2: Oh, it was it was beautiful moment. It was
3: perfect. It was good. Yeah. And then we walked out, walked around, had a couple minutes. Well you know, then cocktail hour starts, we start taking photos with family friends. And then I grab these guys to pull them in for like the new bridal party shoot. Um, and like our favorite photo so far is the one of all the guys, all the girls and like us in the middle kissing and the whole bridal party. It's like, it's just perfect. So get done with that. Go to the reception, blah, blah, blah. Take sunset photos while everyone's eating, get done, go to the dance floor. Um, There's a clear line whose family can dance and whose can't. Um, I will not throw stones. Um, I think the this is crazy but funny highlight is we did a Congo line to convoy um, instead of whatever the traditional Congo line song is, um, which was pretty funny. And then like her brother does not dance. It was the one time I saw him on the dance floor is in this Congo line. And he started this trend where he'd go by and grab a cupcake from the cake table and everyone started grabbing cupcakes during the conga line. Um, we got to dance a little bit. It went. It went pretty fast. Like it really did. I'm yeah. sure everybody
1: does. So when you guys came into the reception, uh-huh. did you guys enter to like, you know, like what was your walk? Thunderstruck. 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 Thunderstruck yeah.
3: was, and it was. So then it was funny. So then we're all outside, and the wedding coordinator comes up with a smile and goes, "Mr. Pickett." are there some people you'd like to introduce me to so I can get their names proper for this walkout? So I get to introduce her to all my buddies. And she's like, she's like, you've had this planned a while. I was like, yeah, she's like, cool. And she was super, she was one of her mom's friends from church. So it was and honestly phenomenal job coordinating. Like you'd have thought she did this for a living. Didn't just had done two before this,
2: had a good time. We walked out to Thunderstruck. Um, I came running up for my intro because, um, I don't know if it's been shared at this point, but it was a dry wedding. And, it was. Uh, I had some accoutrement in the vehicle. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was car barring it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I got the, hey,
3: we, we need, need you, you in yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So dry wedding. Her family does not like alcohol. Dry wedding. And I just told everybody who was coming that I knew drink like, dude, if you want to bring a flask, bring a flask. Like, they're not going to provide alcohol, but I don't care if you drink it. Like, party on. Um, I took a hit off Woody's flask during the wedding. Yeah. Um, that was good stuff. It was good. I don't know what it was, but I liked it. Um, one of her bridesmaids had a flask. It was very funny. She called it her fun flask. And so Lori was just passing around. At one point we got in the dance circle and it was like me, Lori, Daisy, and somebody else. And we were like tight enough that no one could see. And we all like passed the flask around. It took a sip, drove the dance, like give it back to Lori. Well, one of her, like her maid of honor's parents, super conservative, saw it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Lori had a flask. They're like, and we thought it was your uncle. Turns out it was Woody. Um, they're like, somebody out. They're like, how many flasks do you think we're at this wedding? I was like, you don't want to know. <laughs> um, so we had a good time. Um, for our guest book, we had a Polaroid, and everyone took a Polaroid and then signed the guest book, stuck it in there, um, and then. I think that was about it I, mean, I came into thunderstruck i couldn't tell you what the name of our first dance was it was sweet though mm-hmm. um we had practiced dancing one time before that
2: it went really smooth you guys looked really good together it was t- it's something
3: called i'm in heaven or something but yeah. i it's a really sweet song and when we practiced dancing i did cry the first time i didn't don't think i really teared up during the actual first dance but no i definitely did practicing and then her dance with her dad was really sweet. I danced with my mom, which was really us just spinning in a circle, talking, taking in a sweet moment and chatting. Um, and then they sped off. At the end? Yeah. Well, first off, we saw something on TikTok that we really liked. So did, they,
1: did anybody decorate or ride on your car or anything? No, nothing. No, just somebody hands, put a, no somebody no
2: rice, nothing? No, there was oh, one. There was bubbles and... What was the other Flower one? Flower petals, maybe. No, it was it was bubbles, like kazoo's or something. Oh, It, it, was, was, bells. Bells. it was they called bells them bells and I, bubbles.
3: I didn't pick any of those. Um, but we had to stay far enough away from the koi pond. Yeah, because bubbles in the koi pond was a no go. Because the koi so, would eat the bubbles and die. Yes. So now, according to Brad Smith, those koi will on your hand. You could do a lip and grin real quick and oh, put them yeah. back. We did a couple. I'd believe it. So. The fun fact in all this, where we got married at Club Continental, my dad has a lifetime ban at Club Continental from when he was in the second grade. And he and his best friend Bo, his dad, from where we got married, that set of buildings behind us, yeah, his best friend's dad lived in that villa, really. And yes, and they used to ride their dirt bikes to school, except on days they weren't allowed to. Well, that they, they it was a super muddy day. They like just leave the bikes inside, don't ride them to school. They rode them anyways, got them super dirty. There's a pool. Um, This is the second pool, at least, that Club Continental has had in that exact location, where in second grade, my dad and his best friend, Bo Carter, decided that the best way to wash these bikes quickly and efficiently was run them through the shallow into the pool and come out, which resulted in destroying the bikes and having to rip out the pool and replace it. So Kevin Pickett has a lifetime ban there. So once I told him that was the wedding venue, he's like, oh, I know this well. I don't know if it was through record or somebody sharing the story, but when my dad checked in to Club Continental the night before, they're like, Mr. Pickett, we're willing to forego the lifetime ban as long as you do not have a dirt bike and you promise to be on your best behavior for your <laughs> son's wedding. Because all I really wanted was some 70 or 80-year-old's groundkeeper to be like, making sure everything was proven proper before and see my dad walk up and just instantly say, damn it, Kevin, you're not allowed here and have to sweet talking. So I kind of got my moment. Um, so we sent everyone outside for bubbles. We had a private last dance. It was very fun. And then went out the wrong door just to throw people off. Cause I want to walk through this one one more time. And then ran off to the car. And it was very funny because the videographer was like, do you mind running again? Which was the most unnatural feeling on planet earth.
2: Yeah.
3: And went in, got in the car. She's like, she wanted to be cute and like lean out the window while we left. We get back in, she's like, Oh my God, I think I pulled a hamstring and bruised a muscle. Um, realized we didn't have any water and we're both incredibly thirsty. So we, we had this, someone had given us a Starbucks gift card. We had this plan that we were going to show up at this Starbucks. It was only nine o'clock at night. And we were just going to be in a suit and a wedding dress and just get two iced coffees and hit the road for Georgia, where our hotel was. And we rolled into Starbucks, and there was a person cleaning the bar, and they were shut down. And so we wound up at a Shell gas station, and the guy's like, what'd you do tonight? And just got a couple waters and hit the road. Um, yeah. So that was from 5 to 9, covered. Hmm. And then got to our hotel in Savannah and checked in and we tried to fall asleep. Couldn't we had the worst night's sleep of our lives? Yeah, sure. You did. We did. No, we really did. We we were exhausted. We tried to fall asleep. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Had a late checkout. Stayed there until like 11. Something like that. So left and drove to Gatlinburg the next day. Well,
1: so is that how, after the reception went for you jameson you you, li- a, you lied about in a hotel room trying to sleep That's a great big negative uh me and
2: the delinquent table because Ben put all of us at one table except Brian Butts, he stuck Brian Butts at some random table, mm. and we had an open chair because somebody no showed, so we Adopted Brian into the table, uh, and he was instantly ten times happier for dinner and, and everything else. Uh, <laughs> we, when, when Ben and Daisy left, we all looked around and said, and this had already been brewed prior to even. It
1: had been e- percolating.
2: This, this was probably the second thing we talked about. Like right after they walked out of the aisle, it was the, the phone started going, okay, where are we going after this? Where's the after party at? And we enjoyed the night. We did. Yeah. But it was like uh, we discovered this bar called Cheers. And so we decided, all right, load up. Gang's going to Cheers. So we pull up to Cheers, uh, walk in. First thing you see, and it's one of those bars where you walk in and you immediately hit a wall. Everybody call you by name? No, no, no. You hit a wall and you got to go left like into the bar, right? So it was on like the corner. On the right was a cigarette machine. Oh, and so we we're like, mm, "This is a great place." The only problem was the cigarettes were nine dollars a pack, which was <laughs> crazy. Nobody bought any, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so we roll in, and it was a, you know typical Sunday night crowd—some locals, and there was a gentleman group of bikers that Mark was seriously infatuated with. <laughs> I mean. Uh, there was a guy named Tiny that was big, and Mark and him kept making eyes to each other. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we we all hung out. And we got got drinks and played pool and and hung out, and it was uh, a raucous, great post-wedding, you know, hangout. And I'll tell you what, them boys from South Carolina—they can play some pool now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they kicked our ass, but you know. We had some drinks, we had some laughs, it was good to hang out with everybody, and it was weird for me just because I hadn't really hung out with that cast of crowd, I hadn't hung out with Brian Wilds and Woody and Andrew oh, really? and Andrew's girlfriend and Maddie, and uh, I mean, obviously I've hung out with Mark, but like that crew being together right. were so different, but together it was, it was an awesome mm-hmm. experience.
1: Good,
3: that's yeah. awesome to hear. Well, and Maddie hung out with us after the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. And went to. Oh, well, Maddie can hang now. Maddie can hang. Maddie's a blast. Yeah, um, Andrew Andrew
2: got him a good one. There.
3: Yeah, I was super. It was super fun having her on a crew that night.
2: Um. Yeah. I, when when I saw the posts of the rehearsal dinner and the post rehearsal dinner, mm-hmm. I was instantly upset that I didn't go. You had the invite. I know. It I know. was just. I know you had a gas lot going prices on. were over four dollars. I know. That's why we. That's hit her- a two-hour drive. Each That's why day. we escaped
3: in her car and not the heavy Chevy. Yeah. Um, well, and the heavy Chevy didn't start, from what I remember. You're actually right; it didn't. <laughs> the uh, I thought I fixed my little distributor cap problem. We had gotten that heavy rain, and I spent about eight minutes trying to crank her over, and I didn't have starting fluid in the truck. Couldn't get it because I hadn't needed starting fluid for like it'd been at least nine months. And I was like, screw it. But it was in front of the dumpster that I knew the dumpster company was going to come get that Wednesday. So I, like, put it in neutral and pushed it out of the way of the dumpster and locked it up and was like, there she sits. Um, Yeah, that's a pretty good reason not to take it on the honeymoon. Um, So we went up to Gatlinburg. We just Googled, like, cabin in the mountains, and that happened to be where we found one that we liked. Um, And it came with all these, like had all these attractions and you could get one free adult ticket a day or a kid ticket whatever um and then you just paid for your other one there's only two of us so we're like looking through and there's this thing called Anakita, which is basically like the new version of the skybridge you take a gondola up to the top there's like shopping and some rides and walk around and it it's in the middle of being built it was fun but it was like just whatever you can see over gatlinburg Gatlinburg's weird, and that the last time either one of us was there, like we were kids, and you just don't remember how big of a tourist trap something is when you're a kid. Oh yeah, um, Gatlinburg is a tourist trap. But ironically, about eight o'clock, it just shuts down. Like yeah. there, nothing going on. No, you're right. done.
2: Yep. Well, you were Go. also there on a Monday, right? Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still quiet and then all of a sudden somebody decided she really wanted fish and chips and the answer to that was somehow we both looked at each other and like how do we wind up at margaritaville (laughs) which is by far the worst place we ate at
2: the whole trip um a really good own place did you go to the donut fryer donut fryer was legit if you ever are in gatlinburg go to the donut fryer absolutely um, Little donut shop
3: that's like a tiny corner that you, you can barely fit it. Like, yeah. The line you there's can put There's one like, door to enter, one door to exit. Like, yeah. And you don't sit inside and eat. You got to get yeah. out. And it's you, in this weird kind of back... It's right next to the pancake pantry. You go into the cottage. pancake pantry and there's like this whole set of like 23 shops back there. There's like and a it's cottage in that area
2: within Gatlinburg that's like separate on its own and it's back in there. Yeah. And it...
3: Super good donut. We got that on the way to the pancake pantry because she had eaten this pineapple sandwich when she was a kid and like all she could talk about was, I want to get a pineapple sandwich. Turns out it was the wrong sandwich that she remembered. <laughs> so she didn't even get her sandwich. Um, ate there. And then next, like the only other place like you got to eat is called the Red Oak Barn. Or Five Oak Barn. Red Five Oak. Shit. I think it's called the Five Oaks Barn. And just super like down home country cooking went there for breakfast one day and then promptly went there for dinner. Um, to go to the cider place. No, Mm. we didn't do a whole lot of like we played mini golf one day, but we didn't do any like the The cider drinking or the moonshine tours. Um, not trying to be a cheapskate, but parking was $20 every time you went into downtown. Yep. Um,
1: parking is an issue in that town. No doubt about it.
3: So we tried to go to the National Forest, and it was like just coming out of winter. It wasn't very green. It was kind of packed to get in. We took the bypass road around it to get into Gatlinburg. Oh, um, I know.
2: Got to drive through. I know. It, it's
3: on our list. Um
2: and if you ever do go to Cherokee, mm-hmm. also a great place to visit. A little touristy, not as much yeah. as Gatlinburg, obviously. But
3: um, then we decided to hit Charleston for the weekend, and Wild said swing by the farm. So we swung by, looked at a couple things he had going on, like stretched, peed, and then went to Charleston and. He gave us some killer food recommendations. Um, one of them is the Obstinate Daughter, which is like a. It's over by Mex One on the beachside. Um, I say beachside, maybe Folly Beach. Um, checked that out. Super good food. We had. She had a short rib, like. Uh, not manicotti. What's the other? Like. Ravioli that was super good. And I had, I can't even remember, but it was good. It was like, it was the like roast duck, something that was really good. And then we had the, we were going to get drinks and I did get a drink. I got a beer and the lady said, what do you want? She's Daisy lost her ID on this trip. We don't know what happened. She's got one of those stupid little card holders on the back of her phone. And one day walking around, it slipped out. She'd already ordered the new one with her new name on it. It was like, it had been shipped well, it didn't have her new name. It just had the new address from the house. Um, so she, like, had her ID when we got back. But so she's like, I don't have my ID. The lady's like, I wasn't going to card you. And so she missed out, shot herself in the foot. But she tried my beer and really liked it. It was, like, it was a nice lager that actually tasted like a lager. Um, and then Wilds had said they've got, a like, an ice cream shop underneath that had, like, a sea salt and olive oil ice cream. And he said, it sounds crazy, but you got to try it. It was super good at a couple other good places. Um, drove home on Monday, had to swing back by our parents' house to pick up. Like, all the all the gifts and cards were supposed to wind up in our car, and they did not. So they're like, you need to come get them. So we went and got those, went home. And then uh, I'll tell you what's funny is trying to learn how to sleep in the same bed with somebody when you've never shared a bed in your whole life like it's just weird it's
2: what size bed do you have
3: it's a king size oh. um and both of us are used to like rolling to the middle um and then apparently i'm a space heater oh god and she's just super cold all the time oh okay. so she likes to set it really cold i freeze if i roll over to her she gets too hot so now mysteriously in the middle of the night a pillow pops up between the two of us So, it keeps me from, like, bumping into her. Also, apparently, if we're cuddling, I talk in my sleep. So, I just... She's like, if there's a pillow, you don't, like, wake me up and talk to me. But if you're, like, touching me, you just start talking. And, like, you think I'm awake. So, there's (laughs) that. So, we're figuring it out. We're on three weeks, basically, of being married and learning to sleep together. And it's going really well now. The first week, eh, a little rough. Where does Ty sleep? Not with us. He... Rotates so. Traditionally, when I had the leather couch, I let him sleep on the couch. That is a no flies on anymore. So he sleeps in his crate, in his bed, and then, or he likes to sleep like in front of the couch. But he's kind of learned like, okay, I'm not supposed to get on the cloth couch and ruin it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Does anybody hear that? Ah.
2: think i hear the mail barge it's a mail barge steaming down the smoke rolling down the channel he's past channel
1: marker seven yep well we have uh quite the mail barge um nice you know with with covid and Mm -hmm. the uh well people supply chain issues yeah wedding nuptials. it's it's kind of gotten backed up a little bit yeah so uh we're going to start with uh, some of our oldest packages first, Let's Ben. Let's it. Since you're uh, the newlywed, uh-huh. we're going to have you doing the honors. Sounds good. Ooh. All the way from Australia. West
3: flies. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is exciting. That is a mailing slip. How do I open that? I'm not stupid. I'm just dumb.
1: What kind of envelopes are those, mate? Sealed.
3: Bubble wrap. Apparently, I found this out. Bubble wrap was supposedly originally designed to be a fancy wallpaper. That did not stick. However, shipping things with it did. Huh.
2: I learn that on the internet every day. I think I'm going to put bubble wrap These on are wall crazy.
3: now. Oh I like those crease flies. Yeah. Nice crease flies. Some flies there. Ooh, some stickers. Oh, nice Sticky crabs! Sticky goodness. No note. No note. No note. Um, I guess they didn't want Carl critiquing it. Um, yeah, no note. Just making sure I didn't miss it.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, all the way from uh, down under. Down under. Some mate. flies for us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let's uh, see what we got here. Freeze flies. Too. A couple minnows. Some crabs. Oh, I remember seeing him put these crabs up. These are like those wire mm-hmm. mesh. Yeah. Those yep. are freaking awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to try throwing those here in the lagoon. So. Yeah. All right. Super bad. Um, the next package was from Leslin. Okay. Um, I ordered a hat from Leslin. Um, I just wanted to share it. It's uh, Gumption Longhorn Company. Uh, nice Richardson 112. And then uh, she included a card. So I'm going to have Ben. Oh, That's the envelope. Cool. <laughs> it says Larry.
3: <laughs> da, da, da. W-
1: what does it say on
3: the front? Muches. Muches, gracias. Get it? Muches. Yes. Muches. Hello. Thank you so much for your continued support of my new venture. Something yummy is coming soon. Finally, tell the guys to enjoy the brews. By the time you get this, we'll be in Florida. Enjoy all the stickers.
1: Leslin. Okay. So I said to her, cause when, when the package came, it was beat to shit. Yeah. And I opened it cause I knew I, my hat was coming. Fragile. And I was like, I think my mailman is drunk because your card says tell the boys to enjoy the beers, but there's no beers in there. She's like, oh, my God. I just got back from my vacation in the beer. Apparently, I forgot to put the beers in the box. They're sitting here. <laughs> so they're coming at a later time. Nice. But uh, she included some koozies. Sweet fly fishing is
3: hard think twice mend provisions Minneapolis yeah uh Howler Brothers
1: a Christmas actually that's sauce. that's limited that there. that's that's pretty limited edition stuff yeah. I would think so that's and mm. then um some made in America made in Henshaw
3: America
1: um stickers yeah fish barbless baby. fish barbless I mean, she sent a bunch of stickers. Yeah, that's
2: good. Oh, new Lazarus? Yep.
1: Wow. Let's
2: see. My God. Holy <laughs> cow! I mean, that's like two dozen. Oh, sh- that's, at least. that's
1: enough to sticker the front of a fridge. Yeah, make mine a double, double black oh, that's maybe. Cool. double black diamond. A little flood tide action. But I mean. Rhino, I don't even know what that is about. I think it's a rhino liner. Some free fly. Skippy. Kale kills. (laughs) Eat beef. I like it. Did you know that up until... Oh, I love this one. No one cares that you're a guy. It's true.
3: That up until the early 2000s or mid-2000s that... Pizza Hut was the biggest provider or purchaser of kale in the U.S., and they used it as decoration on their salad bar.
1: Yes. I mean, I didn't know that specifically, but I know that kale was used that way. I learned that on the same clickbait. Fishes be tripping.
2: (laughs) That's cool. Some local out west stuff. Goodness. Talk about a sticky handful. Man, I tell you. Holy cow. You'll never be able to pull your fingers apart. There's just a ton of stuff. There you go. I think I think we Boom. undershot the mark there. There's a little more than two dozen here. Well, yeah. This puts
1: my sticker collection to shame. I mean, it's just a ton of really good stickers. She she knows the one. way to our heart. That's for
3: yeah, sure. Yeah, that one's actually pretty cool. Well, actually, they kind of all Beers da 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 Cumberland, Black Rifle Coffee Company
1: oh I love this one fuck clouds oh fuck clouds <laughs> Ben here you go Great Smoky Mountains boom you were close I was John Bryan is pretty good <laughs> R.I.P. John uh, and it F three T, come on out, mm-hmm. April twenty third. So there's the rest of them. There's a radness, good, good Yeti in there. Um, All right, the next package that we got, um, I thought was really super cool. Um, it's not been too long ago, and you know, forgive me. You know, we get. Asked for recommendations quite often through our DM mm-hmm. on Instagram um, for for guides here and, and, you know, different places up in maybe Charleston, down South Florida. And uh, since our good friend Chris Adams has moved to South Florida, um, I recently got a request for somebody saying, hey, who do I contact in South Florida? So I said, shoot. Chris Adams would be a good place to start. If he can't help you out, he'll know who to send you to. So uh, this mail barge is actually from Chris Adams. He says, Gentlemen, greatly appreciate you entrusting me with your listeners. I've enclosed a few stickers along with a little something for the boys around the old oak table. Use them in good health and keep up the real talk. Appreciate y'all. Chris. Nice. Look at... The coasters oh, that's that awesome. he got made for the oh, auto table. Cool. So, Ben, can you show those to the yeah. camera? Badass. Chris. Yeah. Wow. And then Chris has uh, enclosed some of his new stickers for his guiding business and his flat charters. And I don't know 18. if we're going to have to, like... Um, Indian leg wrestle or something Uh-oh. for this one. There's only one challenge accepted, and these are fucking this. It's just one. It's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I would fight for that. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yes. All yes, right. They are. And finally, last but not mm-hmm. least. Oh, this one's heavy.
3: Heavy. Heavy. Sounds like beers.
1: There is a note. Uh-oh. So Ben... Yep. ...is going to be responsible for the notes. No. Oh. From Ed. Hello, Ed. Mayhem on the gram.
3: Okay. Hey, this is from... March 20th. Hey, fellers. Hope you enjoy the goodies. Beer to be shared and t-shirt is a wedding gift for Ben. Thank you. Ben, a marriage is definitely work, but with a good woman, uh, you'll be a great team. The beers are local to Virginia and the, the belated anniversary gift. Congratulations on four years and keep it real and sponsor free for another four or 40 years to come i'll keep listening hope um all is well and fun and i hope all is fun in florida and come grab a seat in the raft from a small mouth float any day ed mayhem
1: Alright, and here
3: that is badass
1: is your t shirt,
3: young man. I have a t shirt. Thank you. Strikeindicator.com. I'm gonna open it so we can
2: see it. And for uh, for those of you that didn't get to see the beers, we got a free space hazy IPA and uh, nice. a headspace IPA. tellers
3: Flash shop. Lunchbird,
2: Virginia. That is
3: awesome. Thank you very much. Great shirt. We will be seeing it make an appearance on the gram shortly. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Free space. What else we got, beer wise? Uh, I believe it's just free space and headspace.
2: So okay. There are two different, there's a hazy IPA and a normal IPA. All right.
1: You're going to enjoy those. I will. So cool. All right. Well, that was uh, our probably best in. Brightest was, mail barge of 2022 so far. Yeah, that was a big one. That thank, was awesome. you thank, so you, much, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to get on back to the conversation. So uh, according to my notes, which we have right here, mm-hmm. I think we're on the downhill side of things. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Shortly after you got back Mm -hmm. um, from the nuptials and the uh, honeymoon, Shannon Wyatt and I did a quick-turn trip up to Charleston. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wyatt went to his first uh, concert, a buddy of his that lives up there. The two of those knuckleheads went to the show. And uh, while they were doing that... um, we dropped him off and I got invited to, uh, sit in on a barely live, uh, podcast and, uh, did a couple of segments with those guys. So, uh, if you're not familiar with barely live, it's a podcast out of Charleston with, uh, mad Mike, Paul, of course, and Doug Roland. And then they have a cast of, uh, regulars that kind of filter through, but, uh, it was fun sitting in with them. It was fun, you know, like, seeing how they do it and, uh, you know, definitely the same vibe, you know, a bunch of good friends sitting around the table just shooting the shit, laughing, yeah. having a good time, um, leaving, uh, Paul's house, which that was the first time I'd gotten this, gotten to see Paul's residence, um, lovely little place, um, and uh, our doggo and his doggos got along pretty famously and had a good time. Um, Shannon and I went to Leon's Oysters and uh, Chicken Joint. And uh, we had dinner later that evening at uh, Taco Boy. Uh, we've eaten there before, it's one of our favorites. And uh, beyond that, because we were only there in Charleston uh, 22 hours and, you know, probably a good solid eight hours of that was sleeping. Um the only thing that we did other than that we did walk down king street um Unfortunately, they were in the process of rolling up the uh sidewalks at six p m It seemed like, and uh we only got to stop in one store, so mm-hmm. we went in the yeti store uh it no longer has the bar it doesn't it's gone um and then uh The following morning, before we picked Wyatt back up, uh, we got to go see Paul's studio. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, very, very cool space. Um, Super old building, built in the 20s. Um, It's basically like an art collective. Yeah. Um, A lot of artists in that building. Um, Then there's a brand new building, same owner. Um, So it's like brand new architecture across... Like basically a courtyard parking lot from a building that was, you know, early 21st century and, uh, or 20th century. Yeah. But, um, they're also building an amphitheater behind the new building. So they'll actually have a lot of live music opportunities and stuff. And it's kind of out, it's on meeting out past, um, like the tattooed moose and all that Uh stuff kind of out past the skate park and in that direction. Nice. Um, after we saw Paul basically went and grabbed Wyatt and boogied back home. Um, since then, um, you know, we were kind of remiss. We didn't let you guys know. Marcus is under the weather. Um, his wife works at an elementary school and brought home one of those kid diseases. So, uh He's all hopped up on NyQuil, so we gave him the night off. But when he gets back, he's got a couple of really cool stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been kind of the listener liaison of late. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. he, he's taken uh, a couple of listeners out uh, fishing of late, and we're looking forward to him being able to relay that story, those stories. Um, but uh, aside from that... Um, we did have a, uh, a, a get together, um, recently just everybody from the podcast, uh, to talk about the f- fly fishing film tour again, mm-hmm. not to beat you guys over the head with it, but, uh, you know, big, big, big plans, uh, for, or, or big hopes, big hopes and dreams that you guys all Join us to tailgate, have a good time. Tickets are available through MDC's website. Um, if you see us sharing stuff on social media, please reshare it. You guys know how Instagram can be. We might be putting it out, and for whatever reason, the algorithm's not working in our direction, and you know, not a lot of people are seeing it. But if we can get more of you guys sharing it, we'll hopefully have a bigger crowd. Bigger crowd equals more fun and uh, we're hoping to see you guys there. Um, you guys may have seen the live video that we did and uh, a reel that followed it uh, earlier this week. Um, ben, Marcus, and I went up to St. Augustine mm-hmm. checked out the new Old City Fly Shop. Um, they're going to be opening next Saturday a week from tonight. Um, if you're able to next saturday get up there welcome them to the world um go up spend a little bit of money and uh support a new fly shop
0: yeah
1: um yep. you know the flood tides are coming and uh it's gonna be really nice to have a resource that you can go up and uh find out what's working and, and flies where things are happening what's you know good ramp to launch at all that kind of stuff and uh Saturday, April 9th. Saturday, April 9th. That is their grand opening. And they're actually doing some really cool, fun stuff. Uh, They're doing a very limited run, limited edition T-shirt for their grand opening. And the art that Travis Luther uh, has created for that shirt has a very funny story behind it. And you'll have to go to the grand opening to hear the story. Uh, we We got it during the preview, but you know it's their story to tell, but uh well worth uh, going up just to hear that story um.
2: And if anybody else out there is opening a fly shop and they want us to come and preview it, you know, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We're more than it happy. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Well, we love hanging around fly shops. I know I didn't go, but I was really bummed that I had to miss it.
1: But. Yeah. It was it was a good time. I mean, the drive up was great. The yeah. drive back was great. Yeah. And, you know, we, we hung out at the shop probably, what, 45 minutes to an hour checking yeah. out everything. And then we all went to lunch together, you yeah. know. They, they've already got the whole community thing down. The, yeah. You know, the, it's going to be a great spot. Um, want to extend, you know, a big thank you to, again, all of you that take the time to send us mail barge packages, but also for all of you guys that recently in the past couple of months um, have taken the time to go to tailortrash.com and shopped and gotten T-shirts Hats, mugs, sweatshirts, like the hoodies and stuff seem to be pretty popular. Um, it really helps us keep the lights on here in the Taylor Park, keeps some cold beer in the fridge, and uh, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you guys for doing that. Mm-hmm. It, it means a lot to us that you're willing to or want to you know, <laughs> wear stuff with our logo on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously, it's, it's our honor um you know we pride ourselves on our only sponsors are you guys yeah and uh that's what allows us to uh speak freely and talk shit on everybody talk shit <laughs> indiscriminately <laughs> you know we we are over the fucking target at all times yeah thanks to you guys if
2: there's something out there an elephant in the room we're gonna find
1: it we're gonna point it out that's right yeah. so uh Unless you guys have something else that you want to talk about like the fly fishing film tour is coming to New Smyrna Beach yeah. um, April I'm, 23rd. I mean, personally we were told <laughs> oh, you can really? bring
3: a, yeah, and I was told you can bring a grill. Oh, snap. Uh, oh yeah,
1: you can you can well, you can full 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 tailgate. Tailgate. Wow. Full tailgate. We're
3: not talking like bring your beer tailgate. Um I know the wife and I are excited about it. We're going to bring some drinks. and. Um, so if somebody brought you a chicken sandwich to review, would you? We would do live chicken sandwich reviews, oh, 100%. Okay. Um, so that's a fun wedding story. So right at the end, Wilds and Bree came up and made, like, formal introductions to Daisy. And he said, you know, so last second we were supposed to have, like, sirloin is one of our things. And then last second they called us and the price per person had, like, risen astronomically because of beef prices. So they gave us our new set of options that we could get without raising the price. And one of them was chicken tenders with, like, a green onion sauce that was – it was actually really good. Yes. Um, and Wild said, we were trying to find a bun. He goes, and we didn't didn't know if we should do it, but we almost did – had you do a two-bite review on your wedding. And I thought that would have been super fun. That would have been fun. <laughs> um, he's like, no one would have gotten it but this table. Yep. But,
2: Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah.
3: So, so see if you want to bring a chicken sandwich to review. Might. I would like it to at least be warm, but I'm not going to be. I'll take into consideration that it's cold because it came from a far distance. Um So, yeah. Bring some sandwiches. We'll review them. We'll have a good tailgate. We'll drink some beer. Bring
2: some beers. We'll trade some beers.
1: Yeah. We, well, we could do a little of we're, we're planning on bringing plenty of beer. Um, um If anybody's rushed on time, uh, we are going to have beer there. Um, We're not going to sell you beer, uh, but you will have an opportunity to make a donation to Marine Discovery Center if you choose to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, again, it's all about having a good time. And our vision for the Fly Fishing Film Tour in New Smyrna Beach is... To make it an annual event that is the talk of the fly fishing community every year because it's the biggest gathering of like-minded people that are out to have a good time, watch some cool movies, um, laugh, have a good time, and just support the hell out of a great organization that's loving the shit out yeah. of the lagoon that we all love yep. and uh, and there's giveaways too yep um, your purchase of your ticket enters you into a raffle yep. all the great sponsors uh, of the film tour have donated raffle prizes that'll happen uh, during the intermission. And uh, I guess we should go ahead and announce um, the MC for the evening mm-hmm. uh, is none other than the Ben Fluencer. Hey, hey. Mr. Ben Pickett. It's going to be a fun time. DJ so, uh, ben I've, uh, I actually have
3: a pretty prominent MC career from Pinewood Derby races to the Dinghy Derby. I'm looking to
1: add film tours to the list. All right. Story. It's going to be fun. Storied history. Is there is there a chance, just a slight chance, that maybe uh, a few stand-up uh, there items might there slip through? There are
3: several skits that are being worked in. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, it's a full-on experience, huh? You know, we might do like one skit here, one intermission, one toward the end. You know, just whatever we're feeling. Um
1: so if you are thinking, if you're on the on, the, on fence, the fence, and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to go to the film tour or not, you might be one of those people that can say, back in 22, I went to this fly fishing film tour in New Smyrna Beach, mm-hmm. and I saw this guy, Ben Pickett, mm-hmm. doing stand-up comedy for the first time. I mean, yep. it was just a couple of jokes, but man, I saw him he could be the on next stage for the first yeah. time a hundred percent so it's if that's you only not get one shot to be the first ones that's right that's right
3: so did, let's, did let's any of
1: you it. guys see the um video that i posted uh that marine discovery center uh put out them doing the uh tagging program on the seahorses. Oh, horses the, uh, yeah the 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 seahorses? Not seahorses. We (laughs) tag seahorses. We ride it, Don. Horseshoe crabs. crabs. (laughs) Seahorses, horseshoes. Seahorses have horseshoe crabs. (laughs) They do. It it allows them to run faster. Exactly. Um, I did not. You you didn't see it? No. I saw it come through. I have not watched it. Did it be hidden? did I did I No did, no uh, you did, did I make it you're uh, not detained
3: you. no you're in there fucking Ben got me on sure. on,
1: on yeah. mute on Monday He's a married man now yeah. he doesn't have time to hang out with us So I you know I watched it from from start to finish Yeah and uh, Jesse Wales um, was basically narrating it and you know doing the majority of the talking and I literally laughed out loud because you know Basically, it's it's a 15, almost 20-minute um, softcore porn of horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe crabs. If you're into horseshoe and crabs. And she's talking about the, you know, females are the ones here that are the larger of the two crabs. And the male comes from behind <laughs> and uh, attaches... We we call them like boxing gloves. The, 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 these two um, claws that like kind of hook in and hold on and tuck up. And as you see, well, well, right here, right here, there's there's a th- there's a third crab that's the, another smaller male, which he's not going to be able to connect like the primary crab, but <laughs> he's hanging out there. With hopes of shooting his shot. <laughs>
0: and I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> All right, Jesse. That's well, awesome. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. I, I'm sure it, when she went back and listened to it, she's like, ooh, I could have probably been a little bit more scientific there. Right. So, but, uh, but all in all, I was talking about their yeah. tagging
2: program, where the they the tagging program, and you know, look to help monitor the
1: the numbers and, and the
2: reproductive rates of
1: them. Yeah, and and just they're kind of indicative of uh, you know how things are going uh, in general. And, yeah, you know, what do they call that? A keystone, uh, keystone, keystone species, mm-hmm. sentinel species, or keystone. So, all mm-hmm. right, well, uh, gentlemen. It was my pleasure to sit down with you guys tonight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was... Uh, Jameson provided the meats this evening. Yes. And Larry smoked it to perfection. Uh, oh, Larry uh, loves smoking my meats. It's so good. <laughs> a very <laughs> young hog from uh, Georgia gave his life so that we could uh, be sustained. It was nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, we... Uh, should be back at least for another probably 78 before uh the fly fishing film tour happens yeah i don't know if you've heard um april 23rd i like it it rhymes that should help you remember the date all right we'll catch you on the next one that's uh it for episode 77 of taylor Taylor trash Trash after dark
0: Just the same